Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. Well, we've been in this series um, of the Holy Spirit, and it's called Breathe, right? Have y'all been enjoying this series? Have y'all been learning, more importantly? And, and last week, um, you know, I'm praying that what was happening here in the front where people uh, started to exercise their gift of speaking in tongues, I pray that that didn't stop when they left this place. I pray that you've been exercising that gift all week long and every moment that you have. See, God is always there. The Spirit is always there. So we can't do it. It's not separate from our lives. It doesn't turn off the moment we walk out of those doors. So we can't separate our lives. Our lives, our spirit is, um, is evident and it's around us at all times. You know, a lot of us have a church life and then we have a world outside life. My hope is that your life is all encompassing and that you are who you are in here when you go out there, amen? So I'm going to pray before we get into this word. Um, Actually, let me read and then we'll pray. Is that all right with you? If you have the app, now's a good time to start using it. Um, We have those notes so you can follow along um, for today. And so we're going to read out of 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 today. And it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Why don't you say that with me, common good? Very important. To the one, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Amen. This whole series of messages has been about the Holy Spirit, as I explained. And in Hebrew, the word for spirit, breath, or wind is ruha. Ruha. And the Spirit of God is ruha hakodesh. And when spoken, When you use, when spoken, that word, that spirit word, engages your breath and your lungs, and it's intentional. What we're trying to explain here, or what we're trying to get across through this series is that the spirit should not be some mystical, scary, unfamiliar thing uh, that, that shows up in your life periodically, but it is ever present every day, and it should be as natural as breathing. Ruha. It should be something that you walk in step with 
every single day as natural as breathing. And last week, we talked about going to the next level, and I spoke about it, how we um, exercised our gift of speaking in tongues. And this week, I'm going to go more into different kinds of gifts and break those down. And I pray that before you leave here, you understand the gift that you've been given and you begin to use it, work it, and activate it. Amen? So why don't you lift up your, your hands and pray with me here because we can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Amen? These are not my words. These are God's. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this day that you have made, Lord. I pray that as we dive into your word, Lord, and as I speak out this message, Lord, that you've given to me, I pray that I lie down and you rise up, Lord. God, I pray that your word pierces deeply into the hearts of all of these men and women here in this place and watching online. God, I pray that we are transformed and changed, Lord, because that's what the word does. It changes us, God. I pray that the revelation of the gifts of the Spirit may rise up, may cause or inspire us to have the courage to use our gifts, maybe for the first time, or maybe use them more fervently every single day in our lives to further your kingdom, God. I pray for understanding. I pray that everybody get clarity and don't leave here confused, Lord, than, or more confused than when they came in, God. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. We say amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give it up for the band. Thank you. Praise God. So if you're taking notes today, and I hope that you are, um, or if you're following on the app, you'll see that today's message is entitled simply The Gift. The Gift. Y'all like getting gifts in here? I know I love gifts. Well, the gift of the Holy Spirit is received the moment a person trusts Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So pretty much at salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit is already given to a believer and they can begin to activate them. And Simon Peter stated this to the multitudes which had gathered on the day of Pentecost. And we read about that in Acts 2.38. It says, Peter replied, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So because a person has received a gift of the Holy Spirit, the moment that they receive that salvation, he or she can already begin to activate and use that, that gift that the Holy Spirit gave them, all right? So I want y'all to nod throughout this message because we got a lot of information to go through, all right? And we can't miss any of this because this is the good, this is the stuff that we need to be able to operate in full effectiveness in our lives. Y'all ready for that? Come on. So there are some misconceptions about the gifts of the Spirit, and I want to go through some of them. The first is that they're only human talent, human talent. So we saw talent displayed here. So the misconception is like, oh, that, they're filled with the Spirit, and it's just that, right? But human talents or mere human talents are not enough to do the work of God. 
Spiritual gifts are either supernatural abilities that God has bestowed on individuals or God-given natural abilities that function through the direction of the Holy Spirit. See, the distinction there is that they are being empowered and the involvement of the Holy Spirit is what makes it the gifts of the Spirit. You understand that? Through, though, you know, sometimes we'll see non-believers, they might possess some of the same gifts that we have, right? But the difference is the involvement of the Holy Spirit. Another misconception is that the gifts are given are, sorry, that the, they are absent of our personalities. Now, this is really important. See, we're not mindless like string puppets that are being controlled by God to do, uh, you know, the, or by the Holy Spirit to do God's work. That's not what it is. God appoints and applies specific spiritual based on our character, our personalities, right? So that means you can't operate in somebody else's gift. It's your individual specific gift for you. So our personalities are very much involved in that. And I can confirm that by 1 Corinthians 12, 11 that says, all these are acted by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. Amen? So our gifts, the gifts that we receive are also, um, they consist or that your personality is considered when you get that gift. See, one of my favorite things to do is give gifts. How many of y'all love to give gifts out there? I love giving gifts. And I love the process of trying to determine, okay, what gift is going to be best for the person that I'm giving it to, right? And the thing about giving a good gift is you actually have to know the person. You got to know a little something about the person. You have to know their, their personality, their likes, their dislikes, maybe their favorite color, their occupation. Maybe you can even notice something that they have um, already, and that gives you an indication of the things that they enjoy and the things that they like, right? That's a good gift. A good gift cannot be absent or cannot be given absent of knowing the person, right? You got to know them. And the reason why that's, that's true is that, or what makes it a good gift, is that the person can actually use it, right? If it's good, the person will actually use it and take care of it, and it matters to them, and it's meaningful for them. Amen? Y'all with me? So what am I saying? Spiritual gifts are personal. They're personal. The last misconception I want to mention is that the Spirit is not given to some Christians and not to others. Romans 8 9 qualifies this, and it says that if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to God. In other words, those who are saved all have the same and the only Spirit of God with them. They are not different. There, there are not different versions of God's Spirit, though there are different kinds of gifts given by that same Spirit. Differences in spiritual gifts, I want you to lean into this. Differences in spiritual gifts are not at all differences in spiritual value or salvation. Paul emphasizes that spiritual gifts do not make believers spiritual. So in other words, the gift is not what makes you spiritual. What makes you spiritual is that you have the Spirit of God with you the moment that you are saved. Amen? As believers, we all have particular gifts, 
And those gifts of the Spirit equip us to fulfill our God-given purpose. Amen? See, as someone who went to school for uh, art and design, that's my occupation, I always hear this from people, especially when they find out what I do. I hear them say, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. I'm pretty sure some of you have probably said that before in your life, right? I'm not, for as long as I live, I've always, always heard that. They're like, I'm not creative. And I often ask, well, why? Because being creative is just about problem solving. It's about thinking about something or doing something in a way that nobody else has done or in a new way. That's what being creative is. I believe you've got to be creative to raise kids, especially in 2022. Amen? You got to be creative to get out of bed and, and come to church on time every week. I mean, sometimes you got to sing your way out of bed, huh? You got to be creative to do your job, especially when you don't have all the tools to do what you need to do. Amen? You got to be creative. It takes creativity for you to make a meal when there ain't nothing in the fridge. Amen? My God. And it took creativity for the nurse to see something in my mother's x-rays and reports that no one, not even the doctor saw, that ended up saving my mother's life. Hallelujah, right? Creativity is not reserved for artists and designers. It's just about looking, doing, and seeing in a different way that maybe somebody else wasn't thinking of. Amen? What am I trying to say here? That being creative does not disqual, or being creative is not some special thing reserved for some and not others. Henri Matisse, he's one of the most famous artists in history. He said that creativity takes courage. And it takes courage to do what no one else is doing. Especially, it, ta it, it especially takes courage to do it over and over again, especially when it doesn't work the right time or the right way the first time that you do it. So in other words, it takes courage to try again. And I often encounter adults that have not done well in a particular area or with a gift, and so they stop trying. They just stop trying and they figure because that's not, that's not their, their gift and they can't, you know, they're, they're just not going to continue working something that God actually didn't want you to quit on. Amen? Just because you may have had a bad experience with a gift or, or anything like that um, that's within you doesn't mean that it's a gift that God wants you to let go of. The key to growing a gift is consistency. You got to keep using it. You have to exercise it. And then you will begin to see that gift manifest clearer and clearer in your life. See, it's important for us not to be quitters. See, we don't want to be quitters. Don't be a quitter. Let's be failures. And you're like, wait, what? See, quitters never try again. But failures know what not to try again. See, you got to fail forward. Amen? And there's a big difference between what you want to do and what you were born to do. What you want to do benefits you. What you are born to do benefits others. Amen? That's what differentiates a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is for the benefit of the body. So it's for everybody. 
Amen? As a believer, you have to ask yourself, who's benefiting from your gift? And in 1 Corinthians, I know that, that, that it's our gifts are for the common good because it says it in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. In other words, Jesus saved you to do good for others, not just yourself. So why, why, why is it important for us to know our spiritual gift? I'm glad you asked that question. It's a great question. Your spiritual gift and knowing your spiritual gift will help you accept who you are. You hear me? So what am I saying? It helps you with your identity. God has made each one of us unique individuals. Consequently, he has given us different gifts as he's desired. These gifts fit who you are. So by finding out the spiritual gift God has given us, we can better discover who we are. And if we pay attention to social media or, or, or any media for that matter, we can see that the world has an identity crisis, right? And part of that is tied to their place and their spiritual life. And the other is that they don't know their spiritual gifts. See, we have to understand that our spiritual gifts help us define and identify who we are. The word says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in other words, you're not meant to look like the world. You're meant to look like what God has designed you to be. But not only does knowing your spiritual gift help you with your identity, it also helps you to direct your life. I cannot tell you how many times I hear a prayer request for guidance and clarity. My God, and I know half of the room is in there because, you know, I get your prayer requests, so. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's baffling so many people, and it's not a bad thing, you know, but so many people are looking for guidance and clarity. But you know what? Knowing your spiritual gift can help you with that. When specific decisions are uh, in front of you or they have to be made, you know it's going to be helpful if you knew your spiritual gift, right? But the other thing is that the spiritual gift or knowing your spiritual gift not only helps you with what to do, it helps you with what not to do, right? Too often, so many of us are asking God to bless something that we've already decided in our hearts to do, and then we want to call on God when things go wrong. See, your spiritual gifts help you to set your priorities and direct and clarify your direction. Amen? So there are many different types of gifts of the Spirit, but they can be broken up into three categories. And the first is motivational, motivational gifts. Um, this is how God works in a believer to shape his or her perspective on life and motivate his words and actions. Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
See, motivational specifically include, and they're going to come up on the screen right now. Um, some of us are given the gift of prophecy, specifically prophecy. Prophecy reveals truth, people who prophesy reveal truth by exposing sin so that fellowship with God can be restored and or maintained. Serving. Serving demonstrates love by meeting practical needs, usually through tangible work. That's a gift. Another gift is teaching. This, this, someone who teaches or who has the gift of teaching discovers and validates truth so that the church maintains accuracy. So we got to be accurate in our theology and in our understanding of the word. Exhorting, that's another gift. People who exhort or have that gift encourage Christians to grow spiritually by discipling, teaching, or counseling others. Giving. Giving is a gift. Yes, giving is a gift. Some people have the gift of generosity. We should all give, but some of us have a special give uh, or a special gift to give. Giving conserves and share or givers, people with that gift, conserve or shares resources in order to meet the needs. Again, this is in the context of the community, right? In the context of believers. Organizing. These are people or, or people who have this gift, carry out projects by recruiting worker, organizing tasks, or delegating responsibilities. Thank God for our data team. It's a whole bunch of those organizers in there. Mercy, mercy, someone who has the gift of mercy demonstrates God's love and compassion by responding to hurt. Amen, right? Y'all with me? These seven gifts show us how to live as a community and as a family of God. Romans 12 says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the members. So in other words, we belong to one another. So when you operate in these gifts with your brothers and sisters, look around, these are them. In actuality, you're also blessing yourselves, right? Use your gift on, gifts on others the way you want them to be used on you. So what am I talking about? Prophesy with gentleness to build people up the way you want to be built up, right? Serve with love and consideration. Teach with patience the way you would want someone to be patient with you. Exhort with joy so that you can encourage people the way you would want to be encouraged. Give with goodness so you can bless, uh, bless others the way that you would want to be blessed too, right? Organize with peace and self-control. Show mercy with kindness and faithfulness. What am I saying here? When you are indeed working those spiritual gifts in the community, you start to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit. Use the gifts to help the body, not hurt the body. So many times people use their gifts in the wrong way and they end up hurting more than helping. If you ain't helping, you ain't helping. One of my good friends says that, right? The second category of gifts is ministry gifts. And they're used to serve. And I think when people think about spiritual gifts, they, they mostly think of this stuff where they think that, you know, these are the people in church, that's what they're gifted to do. So this is how God works in a believer um, uh, to serve and meet the needs of the church specifically. 
1 Corinthians 12, 5 says these are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. When people are called to ministry, these are the gifts that they're talking about. We all can and should and do serve in ministry, but not, our, not all people are called to full-time ministry, all right? These are the five, there are five offices that the Apostle Paul talks about in context of the gifts of the Spirit. Ephesians 4.11 tells us, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity and faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, the fivefold ministry, this is what we're talking about, fivefold ministry. These gifts are meant to balance the body of Christ. And the easiest way for, for me to kind of talk about that is through the body, specifically the hand. See, the apostle, this is a gift, the apostle governs, governs the church. This is our thumb. It's not in, in opposition um, to the other fingers, but it grounds them, and it's designed to complete the full function of the church, of the hand specifically, laying the foundational work of doctrine and structure of the church. And it's the continual oversight of the church body, right? So this is the thumb, the governor. Second is the pointer, the pointer finger. This is the guide. The prophet, this is the prophet, sorry, and it's, and it's shown and explained by the pointer finger. So the prophet is responsible for keeping the body in line with God's word and, and through encouragement, right? See, the pointer finger kind of gives us or, or shows us red flags, spiritual red flags in the church, right? That's the prophet. The evangelist, this is the middle finger, and as you can see, I'm not going to stick up my middle finger. I know y'all was waiting for that. But the illustration is that you can see that it is longer than the other fingers, right? Y'all thought you had me. <laughs> and, it, and the reason why it's longer and a good explanation is that it is the evangelist goes out into the world and makes believers. It helps. It goes out or that person goes out and reaches the loss with the word of God. Amen. See. I believe all of us, or we know that all of us are supposed to evangelize. We are all called to reach the lost with the word of God. But someone with this gift has an extra me measure and faith to do this. Amen? So the evangelist, the longest, middle, the middle finger, the longest one. And then there's the pastor, the ring finger, the ring finger. This is to ground the church. This is the under shepherd that is married to a specific flock. So this is the church, the one that the, the, the person is given the gift to be in the church, to grow the church, to care for the flock, to teach the flock, to guide the flock. Amen. And they're married and tied to a specific location. And then there's a teacher. This is the shortest finger, the pinky finger. This is the guard. While it is the smallest finger on the hand, it provides balance and protection for the body. This is the teacher, teacher. So this is the smallest finger, but it provides balance and protection for the body of Christ through the word of God. Amen. So a person, what's important about all these things is that a person does not call himself to any of these offices or these gifts. 
It is a call of Christ. Christ appoints you. Christ himself gives you and confirms these gifts in you. First Peter 5 says, humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. So in other words, don't give yourself a title that God didn't give you. And honestly, if you knew what came with it, you wouldn't want it anyways. Some of the best evangelists, pastors, uh, teachers that I've ever met didn't want the call. They didn't want it. It was too much for them or they didn't feel prepared. You can never, I mean, how do you feel prepared to do this, right? It's important. It is important for us to note that Christians are equally valuable in the kingdom. We are all a part of the body, even if you're designed with a different gift. So in other words, a platform doesn't make you more special or spiritual than anybody else in the, in, in the kingdom. Too many people love to be seen and heard. Don't we see that? People walk around with a spiritual superiority complex like, oh yeah, I'm better than everybody. I got the mic, you know, here I am. But being seen doesn't make you more spiritual. The third category is the manifestation gifts. This is how God works through a believer in a given situation to demonstrate his supernatural power. Corinthians 12, 6. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Verse 7, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing those between those Spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So some of those are specifically a word of, word of wisdom. This is useful, the gifts. I'm, I'm actually going through the gifts. This is the last category. The word of wisdom. This is useful in knowing what to say at the right time. Oh, yeah. A word of knowledge. This is revelations of facts past, present, and future. Faith, a sudden surge of faith, usually in some crisis situation, right? And this is somebody that's given this gift confidently believes without a doubt, no matter the circumstance. We all have faith, but some are like unshakable, no doubt. It is, you know, you know those people, right? Gifts of healing reverse to removing diseases from the spirit, soul, or body. Working of miracles to be physical. You have the gift to be a physical conduit of the power of God. Prophecy. Maybe you've been given the, the, the gift of prophecy. This is the, to directly, um, the gift of directly proclaiming the mind of God by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Discerning of the spirit. This is when you know immediately what a motivation, um, what is motivating a person or a situation. The next is 
diverse kinds of tongues. So in other words, speaking in tongues. This is speaking in heavenly languages. So a lot of us demonstrated that last week. And the interpretation of tongues. This is the ability to decipher um, those other languages that are foreign to you, but for the edification of the body. So you say it in order for you to edify the body. These are gifts that show how, that show the world how God powerfully works in believers. It's amazing that God can do anything. He can do anything, but yet he chooses to use us, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one of us just as he determines. I love how Wayne Grudem says it. He's a research professor and a theology of, of theological and biblical studies. And he put it this way, since the Holy Spirit is the one who knows or manifests God's presence in the world, it is not surprising that Paul can call spiritual gifts manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When spiritual gifts are active, it is another indication of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in the church. One of the Spirit's primary purposes in this age is to manifest the presence of God, to give indications that make the presence of God known. And when the Holy Spirit works in various, various ways, it can be perceived by believers and unbelievers. This encourages people's faith that God is near and that he is working to fulfill his purposes in the church and to bring blessing to his people. That is a good place to say amen. In other words, the gift encourages our faith. See, the church is like a body, and we've been likening that throughout this whole message. And every part is needed, and all the parts exist to serve one another. Every believer must discover how they are gifted by the Holy Spirit. And they got to value, this is important, not only do you discover, but value the function that you serve in, the, in Christ's body. See, when we talk about the church, we're not just talking about cool church, we're talking about the capital C, the kingdom, amen? I mentioned earlier how much I, I love giving the gifts, but... I love receiving them, maybe even more, if I'm honest. <laughs> How many of y'all love to get gifts? Amen. So for my 40th birthday, um, yeah, I, I, I received so many great gifts, and I'm so thankful that so many people saw it of me. I mean, who am I? So I received all these great gifts, and I remember six months after my birthday, I was clearing out my closet. It was, it was clean. I was just clearing it out so I could make space for more gifts, right? But I was clearing it out and deep, deep inside on a shelf were a few unopened gifts. I literally, I had stored them away and I, I, I forgot about them because they were, it's not like they were covered by other things. I'm telling on myself. But they were deep in my closet. And when I opened them, I was like, oh my God, my favorite perfume. And there were a bunch of other good things in there. I was like, okay, this person really knows me. They were given by somebody who really knows and appreciates me. But the funny thing is, is that those gifts were useless because I left them unopened. 
They were deep in a shelf and they didn't make sense. They, 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 they didn't have any purpose because I hadn't opened them, right? So what, are, what am I saying? Our gifts are not meant for us to keep stored up and hidden, unused and useless. Come on. What good is an unopened gift? The, the, the giver of that gift spent all the time and money trying to consider you, wrapping it all pretty, but it doesn't matter because it remained unopened. The person or the recipient of that gift squandered the gift because they left it unopened. An unopened or unused gift is useless. But you know why so many believers look like that? Or they don't open or use their spiritual gift? Because they're too busy looking around trying to use somebody else's. I've been watching the NBA playoffs for the past, it feels like forever. These games just keep on going and they're great. And I'm the worst person to make any kind of basketball reference, so please bear with me. <laughs> but um, I was watching this game and um, I watched two players double teaming one of the best players on the other team. They were double teaming in. In other words, they left their post, they left the man that they were supposed to guard to go and try and stop the best player who had the ball from scoring. What, what ended up happening is that two players from the opposing team were open to make a shot. So what did that player that was getting double teamed do? They simply passed the ball to the, one of the open men. He shot it and he got it in, amen? When you're not using your own spiritual gift, it's like you're leaving the position open and unattended and unguarded so the entire team suffers, right? Because you weren't on post. What am I saying? Stay in your lane. You're too busy focusing on somebody else's gift that you left yours unattended, unused, and unopened. We out here living on borrowed faith. Too many of us are over here, oh, pray for me, but you ain't pray for yourself. Come on, when you're gonna stand up and use those gifts and move towards the purpose that God has given you? We think looking like a copy of a believer is enough. We out here looking like replicas of believers. We imitate what we think or, or what, we, what, what, we, what we think uh, uh, we see another Christian doing from the surface. But have we really done the deep spiritual work of praying, fasting, reading, meeting with God so that we can live as true believers? Oh my God, what would happen if more believers exercise discipline? so that they can actually use and work those spiritual gifts. If you're one who feels directionless, dissatisfied with life, or, or, or you know, stagnant, nothing is moving, I can probably trace that. If I really were, I am confident actually, not pro I am confident I can trace that back to your spiritual life, your spiritual dis discipline, or lack thereof. You see, we each have an individual and unique part to play in the community. You gotta play your position. Don't 
covet somebody else's gift because you think that it isn't as important as yours. Every gift is valuable in the kingdom. No one can boast. God gives us each, the Spirit of God gives us a specific gift based on our personalities and how he's designed us to be. But if you're not using your gift, you're hurting the entire body. There are needs and things that aren't being met because you aren't using that gift. It's important. Play your position. I, um, Derek, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, now he was a leaver who was killed by the Nazis for speaking out against Hitler. Listen to what he once said. In a, in a Christian community, everything depends on whether each individual is an indispensable link in the chain. The chain is unbreakable only even when, only when even the smallest link holds on tightly with the others. A community that allows itself to exist with members who do nothing will be destroyed by them. Thus, it is a idea that all members receive a definitive task to perform for the community so that they may know in times of doubt that they too are not useless and incapable of doing anything. Every Christian community must know that they not only do, not, that not only do the weak need the strong, here it is, but also that the strong cannot exist without the weak. All of that is, is that we all have a part to play in the body of Christ and we each have a unique and individual gift and purpose that we are to use to advance and to grow that community. But you know, so many of us don't, don't know that gift, don't recognize that gift and don't use that gift because they haven't asked or looked for it. But Matthew 7, 8 says clearly, for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. A lot of people have heard that and they think that's about, I need a new car, so let me ask so I can receive, right? All those things are, are well, but what if you ask God for this spiritual gift that literally impacts and directs your purpose? Ask God for the gift. Ask God what that gift is. It's already yours. Ask him to show you what it is and how to use it. Trust, you'll get an answer. But in order to receive the gift of the Spirit, any gift for that matter, you must first receive Christ. Only the Holy Spirit, see the Holy Spirit can't direct or empower somebody who hasn't surrendered their life to Christ. So there is a prerequisite. There is a, a, a standard that comes with getting a spiritual gift. You actually have to decide to give your life to Christ. And maybe you've done that. Maybe you have put, given your life to Christ, but you have yet to actually utilize that gift or you've kept that gift on a shelf to collect dust. Today, I'm going to make three calls. 
The first call is going to be for the believer. This is someone who, or the first time believer, this is someone who has yet to give their life to Christ. So they've never done it before. You want to know Christ, the Christ that loves you. You want to get to know him. You want to begin to live a life and walk with Christ. See, some of us think that God is mad at us. God's not mad at you. God loves you and God knows you because he made you. So I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand up when I count to three, if you are someone who has never done that, maybe never taken that step, you want your spiritual gift, you're hearing all of this and this all sounds great and you, you know, you, something inside of you is stirring up. And this is an opportunity for you to make a decision. You gotta make a decision to see a change in your life. You can't keep doing the same stuff, acting the same way, and consuming the same stuff and expect to live a different and better life, amen? Most of us in this room probably have made that decision before. So if you're a new one, somebody who's never done that before, don't feel some kind of way. This is a no judgment zone. We've all had to make decision here. And so this is your time with no one looking. Maybe if you can, everybody in this place, if you would bow your heads with nobody looking around, close your eyes. If you would like to make a decision to say yes to Jesus today, I want you to raise your hand when I count to three. No hesitation. One, two, three. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. First time you want to make a decision to say yes to Jesus. Amen. I see you. I see you. I don't care if it's one person in this place. That's enough. It's a party in heaven. Amen. Come on. You can put your hand down. I see you. The second call I'm going to make is this. If you have been, maybe you made that decision in your life, but you've been playing. If you're on it, this is an honest moment. Again, this is a safe place. Maybe you've been lukewarm, one foot in, one foot out. See, the Bible says that if you're lukewarm, you will be spit out. See, you got to be all in. You're ready to be all in. That's the call, that you are ready to be all in. You're, you're tired of running. You're tired of looking like a replica, like a copy of a believer, doing the motion, saying the these and thous, but in your heart, nothing is moved. If that's you, honest moment with no one looking around, when I count to three, you go ahead and you slip your hand up. Honest moment, one, two, three. You've been running. Maybe you said yes at one point in your life, but you haven't been leaning in and doing the work. I see you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. Come on. I see you. I see you. I see you in back. Amen. My last call is for the believer. You've been, you're faithful. You're in it. You're all in. But maybe you didn't realize that you even had a spiritual gift. It wasn't made clear to you or you didn't really understand it. And today you got that revelation. Maybe you knew your spiritual gift, but you've kept it on a shelf for so long. Maybe you need the courage to utilize that spiritual gift. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up again on an honest moment. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
because I want to pray for you to have the boldness and courage to use that gift. Hands are already going up all over this room. Yeah, I know. I'm the same way. I had a spiritual gift and I was scared to use my gift. You know how many times I was prompted to get on a mic and speak and encourage people and I said, absolutely not. But then here I am, right? We grow. We work it. On the count of three, why don't you lift up your hand? One, two, three, if that's you. If, yep. Room full of people. Why don't everybody lift, stand up, get on your feet. We're going to pray together. Now, right now, I'm going to ask you to take another step because you have to step away from where you are as a gesture, as a symbolic movement to show where to leave where you are and come to where you want to be. So if you raised your hand for any of those calls, I want you to join me right now so I can pray with you. Come on, come on, don't be scared. Right now, come up, come up, come up. Yes. Come on, don't be scared. Make some room. You're not alone. Again, God is not mad at you, sister. He loves you. He made you on purpose. He laid those edges for you. He saw them, honey. Yes, he did. He did a great job doing it. Why don't we lift, our, lift up our hands and everybody, let's pray together. And you lift up your hands. Come on. Because the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord and you confess that with your mouth, then you are saved. Amen. So we're going to pray together and you're going to repeat after me. Everybody in this room, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you are Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. For my sins. For my sins. I know you're not mad at me. I know you're not mad at me. I know you love me. I know you love me. And now I'm yours, Lord. And now I'm yours, Lord. Do what you will. Do what you will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up a clap offering for the ones that made that decision for the first time. Now what's great based on what we've learned today, is that the minute that you pray that prayer, you are saved. So that means, hey, spiritual gift, how you doing? It's here. And you can begin to activate that, that gift. Some people are given multiple gifts, but for the most of us, it's a specific gift for each one of us. Isn't that beautiful that that's how the Spirit of God works? And so I don't want you to leave, but we are going to clap for you on the count of three, and we're going to celebrate for anybody. I don't know who else is in this room that maybe prayed that prayer, because I maybe you didn't come here, maybe you're watching online and you prayed that prayer. We're going to celebrate because there is a party, a celebration in heaven, because you have come home. And it doesn't matter how many people have come home, even if it's just one, that celebration is 
still as lit and turn. Amen. And there's a sign over there that says, welcome to the family. Because you know what? You are now part of a community, a family of God. So you don't have to worry if you belong. You belong. You're here. You're ours. You can't get rid of us anymore. Amen. So on the count of three, let's, let's show our believers, our new believers, our new family member what heaven sounds like right now. We love a good party here at Cool Church. So one, two, three, let's go. Usually, we would send out the new believers with our team, and the point of that is so that they can explain what just happened. They can answer questions for you, and they can even pray with you. But today, I want you to stay where you are because I think these other calls are relevant to you as well. So I made a second and a third call, the second being that maybe you did say, Yes, and you did give your life to Christ, but you ain't been living like it. You've been operating and moving like a replica, like a copy of a believer. You haven't been leaning in and putting your whole heart into this thing. You've been living one life in church and maybe look living another outside. I wanna pray, we're gonna pray together that we will stop acting like we're believers and actually be true believers, right? And live like it, live the life be about that life, right? And the last call that I made was for, I think this is a call for all of us, honestly, that we may begin to have more courage to utilize that gift, the spiritual gift that we've been given by God, amen? That we may stop being scared about what people may think or stop disqualifying ourselves from utilizing that gift because we think we're not good enough or important enough. I'm also praying for the one who has coveted other people's gifts and have thought, man, my gift isn't as good, so I'm not gonna use it. Their gift looks better. We're gonna pray for that. We're gonna pray for all of it. So why don't you lift up your hands all over this place. If you feel a hand on your shoulder right now, that's probably somebody from our prayer team who's going around just, they wanna just support you. And they're praying, blessing over you. Because we do this as a family. Remember, we belong to one another and we're meant to do this together. So Father God, Lord, I pray. And I pray too, as somebody, Lord, who has doubted my gift and who has been too scared to use my gift for so long. Lord, I pray, God, for each and every one of my brothers and sisters, Lord. I pray that you give them the courage and the boldness, Holy Spirit, because you are the helper. This is why you're here, to help us, to be able to operate and function in those gifts with power, Lord. God, I pray that you make us more sensitive to opportunities and when we're supposed to use that gift. I pray against, I rebuke the spirit of fear that will have us not utilize our gift at any given time to edify the entire body. God, I pray for the believer that may have said yes a while ago or even last week, but hasn't been living like one of yours. God, I pray right now that they may recommit their hearts to you, that they may redirect their path, redirect their actions and their motivations.
nations, Lord, so that they're not looking like a believer, but they actually are living as a true believer, God. God, I pray in advance for what you're going to speak to them when they meet with you. I pray in advance for the word you'll reveal to them when they go to their word. I pray in advance for powerful and effective prayers that they'll pray when they get on their knees and spend time communicating with you, Lord. Lord, I know that you've designed them for such a time as this to be effective fighters in this world, Lord. God, I thank you for all of our gifts, the spiritual gifts that you've given to each one of us individually. I thank you for making us different. We ain't trying to look like everybody else, Lord. God, I thank you that we look different, we act different, we speak different. And God, I pray conform to the patterns of this world because the world gives us nothing but we need power to operate in this world amen i pray that everything that we do and as we utilize our spiritual gifts that things will transform change will break and the whole community will grow like never before in jesus name i pray all these things and we say like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.